You are listening to the Tell All For All podcast. We are here to help you get the how-to on leveling up in life. Tune in weekly to hear from experts and industry leaders, along with your favorite host, author, and mindset coach, Karina Remy. It is the tell-all for all who want more in life. Hello, hello, and welcome. We got Sue on the show again today, and we're going to be talking about healing. We're going to be talking about chemo. We're going to be just, yeah, getting right into it. And just so you guys know, Sue is an aroma therapist practitioner, and she's got a background in herbs. So she's got lots of, lots of knowledge for us, plus her experience. So that's really awesome. So what's up? Thank you for having me. This is fun. Um, I just wanted to touch, um, I don't consider myself a breast cancer survivor, which I technically am, but I'm a breast cancer thriver. Ooh, I like that. So we'll throw that in the mix. Yeah. I don't think we mentioned, or we didn't. We did. I don't know. No, I don't think we did. I think on the other episode we did. But yes, so share us your journey. You were speaking in reference to your story, how it all started, finding it out um, on an earlier episode. And then now it's, I guess, your journey through the actual treatment itself. Um, how did you, how did, how did, how was that? How was that so whole? Basically, the radiologist was right on the money when she said I would have two weeks of diagnostics. And then, so I got diagnosed on April 2nd. I did two weeks of scans and then pathology and so forth. And then April 28th was my first chemo session. So basically, I started off at Women's College and my first surgeon worked out of Women's College and Mount Sinai, the breast clinic there. Then I was... um doctor my doctor for chemo was at princess margaret i could have done chemo because there's obviously the breast clinic and they do chemo and everything at women's college but i was directed there and what you'll see is a lot of our our hospitals on university are all interconnected yeah so women's yeah. college is connected with uhn which is uh, princess margaret is under that umbrella and mount sinai so i had that surgeon i had my oncologist at um Princess Margaret, which I had a one-hour video link on a private video link from UHN, and then he went through pathology. So basically, once pathology came in, I spoke to him. He was waiting on pathology, and his role is all meds, so chemo, anything that's basically falls under meds. And how did you find? How did you? How was your first experience with it? I was. I mean, he's. He was, I mean, he's renowned apparently all over the world and <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Because I have friends that work for UHN. So they're like every doctor, they're like, oh, checking him out. And he's good. He's a good one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, you know what? I was just at that point, I think I was just numb. I numb to so, it all. Yeah. yeah. I was so exhausted. It was in the thick of COVID. My boyfriend thought if he sees me, he's like, I'm not killing you. So oh I didn't my see gosh. him. My family was scared to see me. There was only a couple of girlfriends that actually I did see. Bless their hearts because they helped me through it. So I was basically going to all these appointments by myself. Um, That's hard. 
Yeah. That's really hard. And I can honestly tell you and anyone that goes through any medical condition, that person that comes with you, they're your support, but what they are is your ears. Because I was blocking shit out. I would have to come back. Yeah, I would probably be sitting there, especially hearing all that. You just, you look at them like, because you're so, you're so just, you're still accepting the fact that this is what you're going through. Yeah. And thank goodness, like, I mean, technology has advanced. So I had the UHN portal. So every report that after my, you know, just like when you see a specialist and they submit that report back to your GP, your general practitioner, daughter, doctor, daughter. Um, (laughs) So basically that's how I was reading. So basically I would have that call and then I get a notification in my email that the report was in and then I would read. And that's where I was absorbing anything that I missed. Because you're actually reading it. So basically my diagnosis was stage three, grade three, as we previously said, and I was supposed to do eight rounds of dense chemo. Yeah. And okay, so now when they say eight rounds, what's what does that look like? Because it's not just all in one shot. It's not consecutive. No. So, so what I call a round is I call it rounds. They call it cycles. Okay. So that means how many so my cycles were given every two weeks. So every two weeks you would have like chemo. Chemo. Yeah. Okay. So I would take three pills an hour before chemo, go to the hospital, and I would do the first four were the same treatment. And then the last four were the next treatment. And I refused the port, which a port is a metal device that is implanted surgically yeah. uh, below your collarbone. And I had a friend that had passed away from colon cancer. And I remember she had issues with her port. And I was just like, I don't want the scar. And I just don't want another, even if it's like, it's not a surgery, but they have to give you a local anesthetic. Yeah, yeah, they can't yeah. open you up and insert this port. And he was just like, okay, if you don't want it, talk to the nurses at your first round of chemo. And I was just like, okay, fine. So it was such a shit show. I kid you not, my first chemo. So I always said before, if I ever got cancer, I would never do chemo. And here I am <laughs> going to Princess Margaret <laughs> doing, doing <it>. chemo. <laughs> so I had to take three pills an hour before. And at this point, guys, I was so tired that if chemo was at, 10 a.m. I think or 9:30. I'd have to wake up at 5 a.m. to get ready, like dragging my ass. That's oh my how God. yeah exhausted. I saw my friend's mom like that. So and that is one of the symptoms of breast cancer. It's fatigue beyond. Yeah. So I get to this, and it's called my my my. Um, oh, and even before that, so before that, I said, so he's like, okay, think about it, see if you want to do the chemo. I was like, okay, and he's like, we're gonna have an appointment. I don't know, a couple of days. And at that point, he's like, you need a wig. Within one or two treatments, all your hair is going to fall off. Oh, wow. My hair was past my bra. I'm telling you guys, my hair never looked so good. I know. It was really long. (laughs) My stylist, my hairstylist was like, what the hell is going on with your hair? And I'm like, I don't know. I had just highlighted it. And I was just like, I'm so sick, but my hair has never looked so good. (laughs) But mind you, I was taking supplements like crazy. And so... One morning, I had to go to Princess Margaret to pick up my chemotherapy schedule. They call it chemotherapy daycare. Oh, my God. So I went to the oncologist's office, picked that up. Then I went to disbursements because I had gotten laid off by because of COVID. I had to go see disbursements. 
because one of the injections I had to give myself was $2,000. What? And Trillium, because I was laid off, I didn't have... So I had to fill out these forms, bring my tax um, my tax uh, assessment, and then I had to fill out these forms. So then now I was on Trillium, which covered a percentage because you have to pay for those three pills that you take oh. at home and the injection. And then Trillium didn't cover that injection. So Answers, which is a program for cancer patients, covered that injection fully. Oh, wow. And I needed eight of those injections. So that's $16,000. Oh, God. So not only did you get diagnosed with cancer, you're laid off. But do you imagine if you don't qualify for these services that, where are you getting $16,000? I know. It's insane. And then I had seen my first surgeon. He's like, if you're going to be there at Princess Margaret, pop into Mount Sinai and come see me. Amazing man. I was like, okay. And then that's when he initially examined because we were just talking over the phone or via email and he examined me and he had told me, um, I need to remove my right breast. Yeah. I need a mastectomy. And I turned around and said, we're doing a double bilateral mastectomy. And he's like, so we went back and forth and I was like, listen, this is what I want. It's ready in the left. You're fighting him already. Yeah. <laughs> going back and forth, back and forth and seeing like, I'm this one, I'm not getting around with it. And then he turned around to me and said, okay, that's fine. But just because you remove both breasts doesn't mean you're not going to get cancer again in your liver and your bones within the next five years. Oh. And I thought, you SOP. I know, right? Like, and I was just why like. Why you popping my bubble? <laughs> I was just like, okay. And then he's like, do you want to see one of the plastic surgeons? Because now if I was a candidate for breast reconstruction. So I did. I saw my plastic surgeon, loved her. We clicked. And she's the plastic surgeon that's been with me for the last year. And then I went home. So that day was like three hours of my life, a couple of hours, right? I'm running into one hospital, into the next hospital. And then I started chemo. So my neighbor had, he saw me in my backyard and he said, you know, Susie, I didn't know at the time. And he's like, I've had, he went through cancer twice. And he says, you might want to start cutting your hair. And I thought, okay. And I thought, oh, because it's going to make it fall less. He's like, yeah, it'll be easier. But that wasn't why. Yeah. The emotional um, aspect of it. So I put my hair in two braids. I split it and I cut maybe four or five inches. So now it was just past my shoulder. And then I did my first chemo session at Princess Market. And I got in there and it was full guy. And I'm talking. Wow. I was probably at that day the youngest person there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I saw a man that had a cane. He looked like he was 90. And I'm like, why are you doing chemo? And these, I call them the golden girls. They were, <laughs> they were in the back room. And I swear there was five of them. And I was just like, these are the golden girls. And they were all like in their 60s. And they all had breast cancer. Oh my gosh. Because they all had like, you know, hats on and breast cancer and ovarian cancer. Those two type of chemotherapies, you lose your hair. Yeah. So then I don't know what I'm doing because now it's COVID. There's no, it's like all those volunteers, like now you realize the impact because someone would have come up to me and said, hi, do you need some help? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I had this black girl. She's like. Oh, I don't know if she was like a PSW with a senior or if she was there herself. I have no idea. But she started laughing at me because I was so confused. And she's like, oh. And I was just like, oh, she's like, you take a number. 
I'm like, take a number. What am I at? Friggin' nos you and I'm like, <laughs> right? Take a number. I was mortified. When I tell you, I just wanted to cry. Oh my god. And I was like, so then there was this nice black older woman. She's like, sweetie, it's your first time. And I'm like, I'm ready to cry. I'm like, yes. She's like, okay, take a number. I said, okay. And then she's like, look at that screen. And I'm like, what screen? I'm like, this is a joke. I'm like, it's not that big of a room. She says, when they um, Put them call out. your oh. number, you go up to. It was like, a, I, I told my family, it was like a sweatshop. It was like a slaughterhouse. It was just, there was oh. one man in the washroom puking his brains out. Oh my god! And I was just like, oh my God. I'm like, just kill me now. So then I sat outside and I brought my tablet. That's such a terrible like like space to be in. It should be a little bit more welcoming, comforting. Oh, I was yeah. all about the Golden Girls. No. I would have sat beside oh, yeah. them. Then I'm listening to the Golden <laughs> Girls, and that's why I moved. I sat with the Golden Girls, and one of them was like, oh, I was vegan for 12 years. And the other one's like, oh, yeah, I'm coming from Collingwood. And I'm just like, oh, my God, guys, just kill me. So then I get my number. So I go to the counter, and she asks for my health card, and she gives me my wristband, and she gives me literally an 8.5 by 11 staples um, sheet of labels. And on that label says my name my health card or like your hospital you know how the hospitals yeah. have another number my address my phone number and she gives me a buzzer like i'm at shoppers drug mart waiting for a prescription oh my god and then i'm like this, this i'm like this just gets better now we're at like i've been waiting now the total of pulling my ticket and actually getting to the chemotherapy room was an hour so now i'm sitting outside because i can't handle the golden girls conversation <laughs> So now I'm just sitting, and then when your buzzer goes off, you go back to another wicket, give her the buzzer, and that's where she gave me the eight and a half by eleven, I think, that all the stickers thing, and tells you what chemo to go to. So there was purple, red, and orange, and my first and blue, I think, and my first one was purple. And I was just like, where is that? She's like, oh, it's just so basically, if anyone's been to Princess Market, they have like this atrium going up uh-huh. so you can look down yes and yes, it's yes. kind of like it's like right? circular, circular yeah so i go into purple and you just see chairs right and i was just like oh my god this is it and i have a nurse she's like oh susie and i'm like yep and so she's like okay have a seat and i was like okay and she's like you took your three pills an hour before and i'm like yes and she says okay so she, she says, oh, you didn't, you're not doing the port? And I said, no, I don't think so. She's like, okay. I said, I'll have a couple of questions. Now, keep in mind that I have a cousin who's an oncology nurse. So I've been talking to her too. Oh, that's so good. So you get like, I mean, it's good and it's bad because yeah. she's all science, right? And I'm not science over here. <laughs> so then I have a seat and I was dressed up. Because I remember one of my buddies, he's like, this is a time, Susie, you wear your closet. I was just like, okay, red carpet ready. My first visit to women's college. You got your Lubu's on. You're like, bendy purse, Burberry scarf. And there was a black nurse that put me into my first room. She's like, does Silva, eh? And I was like, like, yeah. 
I'm like, what does that mean? I, I'm like a white girl with blonde hair, and you're saying I don't look Portuguese? Well, I've had it all my life. I'm like, yeah. I'm just like, whatever. And oh, I, I, I tell you, I kid you not, outfits planned the night before. Nice. Hey, well, at least you went in there yeah. feeling great on your top of your game. Because I remember he told me, he's like, you wear the closet. I was like, okay, I'm pulling it all out, jewelry, everything. Nice. So she's like, oh, are you going to work? I'm like, no. Because I was dressed up like trench I just, this is me, every day. <laughs> So she gave me, she comes out, I kid you not, with these two massive. So she pulls up my IV. Oh, so you do basically every time you do your weight, you check your temperature, your height, and then you have a seat in your chair. And they're like kind of quads or two. And then she's like, the first one was injected. It was like this pink liquid. There was two massive tubes of it. Not full, but they were just like massive syringes. And she injected it straight into my vein. Oof. Because... It causes tissue damage, so it can't be through a line. Oh. So if it causes tissue damage, it's okay. You'll just mess up my right arm or my left arm. <laughs> That's okay. That's You'll fine. You have surgery. Are you <laughs> telling me all this with a straight face? And I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, okay. Like, so Do she I gives laugh? me, she gives, so she's giving me tips and whatever. So she injects the first one and then injects the second one. And they have to be done within five minutes apart. Oh. Yeah, it's crazy. And then when you remember those uh, labels, those labels are all on my meds. Yeah, I don't get it. Oh my gosh. I don't understand. But anyways, and then after that, she hooks up, hooks me up to the line and it's a drip. So it looks like a bag of IV, like fluid, saline, but it's obviously meds. And then, um, yeah, I'm hooked up. So I'm just sitting there and that drip was 45 minutes. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, how long is that? Yeah, it was 45 minutes. And then I was done. And then I walked home. What? From Princess Margaret all the way home. That's I, so far. That, it took me an hour and a half. That's how much anxiety I had, I think. I did. I walked home both chemo wow. sessions. Wow. I remember I went to the greenhouse, got some cold-pressed juices, and I'm walking. <laughs> Even at one point, I saw my brother-in-law. He's like, where are you coming from? I'm like, oh, Princess Margaret. He's like, I'm at St. Clair and Young. He's like, what? You're walking? I'm That's like, yeah. really far. <laughs> um... And I was sick the next day. When I tell you sick, God help me. I lost. So you know how you do the weigh-in? Yes. I lost. When I weighed myself on the... So I did chemo Thursday. When I weighed myself the Monday, I lost four pounds. And you weighed yourself at home? No. They when weighed, you weighed me there. When you oh, actually, there. no. The first time, I said, no, thank you. I don't want to weigh myself. And I told her my weight because I already weighed myself at home. And she's like, okay, that's fine for today, but you know that we have to wait. <laughs> I love that. No, sorry. I was like, I'm not weighing myself. This is how much I weigh. I weighed myself this morning. And I sat in the chair, and she just, in my height, I gave her my height. And she's like, okay, that's okay for today. <laughs> thinking you have no clue what you're dealing with i was just like i'm not having it oh like, my god so i knew my weight and i lost four pounds on the Monday. wow I, you are just and i refused to take so the nurse called me the next day and then she's like how are you feeling i'm like i'm very nauseous and i'm very sick and she's like are you taking that anti-nausea pill no she's like why i said because the pharmacist said only take it if you need and once i did the research it's very bad for you so i am not taking it and even when i my oncologist like like he spoke to me i think the tuesday he's like susie maybe just take one i'm like no thank you i'm not dying yet he's like we're all dying i'm like thanks i'm like no 
and I was just like, they knew. They're like, oh, this one, this one is just, this one is going to be difficult. And I kid you not. And even after that first one, I thought, There's, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm, and I was sick for Thursday till, I was sick for six days. Six wow. days. And, and that's just one, that's one session. One session. One session. Wow. And then literally I cut my hair a second time. Yeah. Oh no. So, so now we're the day before we're Wednesday and I'm tripping out because my hair is falling and I'm finding it everywhere. I was going to say, cause you had mentioned that it was an emotional thing, which to be honest, I wouldn't, I, I guess like once you mentioned it, I was like, wow, that must be, feel so traumatic. Guys, it's not. And I will tell you this. Like we're going to have, like, we should have a segment of what not to tell cancer patients because <laughs> I feel like I'm just like, what, like people are lucky they didn't come see me and tell me this shit in person. Cause I would have just been like, who the hell are you? <laughs> um, so basically I was tripping out cause I was finding my hair was falling like crazy. It was up to my shoulder and I had hair everywhere. I had hair in my kitchen cabinets. Like oh, I was wow. swiffering and vacuuming. Like it was just falling. If I touched my hair, it was like, I, I don't think know. that would be the scary part is just being like, like, I didn't wake up to it on my case, <coughs> which is, I don't know where I saw that. Or that's like everyone's, um, analogy that you, you know, your hair, yeah, your assumption or something. So I called one of my girlfriends and I was like, you need to come over. It's COVID. You're not supposed to, I don't know. I think we're on lockdown and stay at home orders. <laughs> I don't know anymore. And then she's like, okay. I'm like, you need to help me cut my hair. Yeah. And she's like, okay. So she cut another four inches. So now we left it. It was at like a bob. And then in the morning before my chemo, I styled it. Um, so I kind of layered it up because I have shears and, and hairdresser scissors. And I remember one of my nieces, she's like, but it looks like a professional cut. Like, yeah, I know how to cut. I took a cutting. <laughs> she's just, okay, okay. <laughs> so then I go to my second one. I take the TTC. And I think we weren't even wearing masks at this time. Get into the hospital. And now I know the drill. No one's laughing at me this second time. Get my ticket, blah, blah, blah. I'm in chemo within 20 minutes. Um, I was very lucky. I was very fortunate. People tell me they wait three hours for their chemo. Yeah. I had like a 9 a.m. round, so I was in and out. Well, they usually say Princess Margaret, anything to do in co- like co- like with women's college, they always say it is like outstanding. Yeah, like but hands down, like a lot of people. I mean, UHN is a great, like Toronto General is I think it's number three hospital. In the yeah. World, yeah. And that's part of UHN. So it's no joke. So basically now I was in, um, I was in red. I was like, okay. So I go into red and my nurse, Jeannie, she's aging. So it changes. So there's four chemotherapy rooms. Okay. So basically the buzzer goes off. She tells you what room to go in. You go with your eight and a half by 11 vein saving trees. And, <laughs> um, so now I'm in more of, um, there was one, two, three, there was five of us. So, oh, wow. And I remember, and then we were all chit-chatting. And uh, Jeannie, she, oh my God, this poor woman had so much anxiety. She was young. I would, maybe like 28, 30. And I was giving her tips. Don't worry, Jeannie, you're not going to get COVID. Just take some turmeric and whatever. <laughs> and the first nurse had told me I have dainty veins. I was just like, whatever. I don't know what that means. My girlfriend who's an RN, she's like, there's no dainty vein. Just tell her to do her job. <laughs> She doesn't know what she's talking about. I was just like, okay. So then she's like, oh, Susie, she's like, you're not going to get the port. And I said, no, Jeannie, I'm not. She's like, okay, but I don't know how you're going to do with the next 
four, the, the last four, because those are four and a half hour drips. And I was just like, we'll see when we get there. She's like, okay. So oh, why? Because the longer you leave it in the vein, your veins could collapse. Oh, okay. Okay. So basically she had to put a warmer and then the veins will protrude and then they get a live vein. And now we're doing, we're rotating so that the you don't get scar tissue and that your veins don't collapse. So we're doing okay. so week one, I did, let's say the right arm. And then week two, I'm doing the, the left, left arm. arm. So she got it. She got me going. And then I remember as soon as she put the, um, the, uh, the line in, so I was doing the 45 minute bag. I said, oh, Jeannie, I'm going to go to the washroom. She's like, oh, you're going to piss out all the chemo. <laughs> and I'm just like laughing because that shit, when I peed, it was pink. So oh, I'm my like, God. oh, there it goes. Thank you very much. <laughs> so then I finish and I walk home again. And this time I'm instantly sick. Chemo was at nine. I was home, let's say, because it takes me an hour and a half. So I got out of there at 10. I got home at, let's say, 12 o'clock, 1130. And I, by 2 p.m. I was nauseous. Oh, my gosh. But this time I literally slept. My boyfriend would call me every couple of hours. Just to make sure. And I live alone. I slept 48 hours. Wow. I, I woke up. I didn't eat from Friday and Saturday. So your body definitely needed that recuperation. That's how, like, and I just thought, oh, God. And then... Um, and that makes you feel worse, though, because, like, then you get oh, up and you're like... So basically, I cut my hair into a blend. On the, um, on the Friday, I took scissors and went boy short. And then on the Saturday, my hair, I was getting crazy migraines because what they don't tell you is your hair falls out because basically the drugs, the treatments dry out the follicle. So it just drops. And it was, I have a lot of hair and it was like needles. So then I took, thank goodness I had uh, a buzzer and I did the Britney Spears and I buzzed my head. Oh my God. And then I was bald. Yeah, I didn't, I, I did I wouldn't have, I was actually going to ask you if you can feel the hair falling, but if it feels like needles because of the dry, like, oof. I know now that, like, why you hear of women just buzzing it. Yeah. Because it's so traumatic, and it's not that, like, don't tell a cancer patient, like, it will grow back. We know it's going to grow back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's not the point. Um. And then the chemo, it changes your face. Too. Yes. It's like I, my face was like sucked in. So the second round, I lost um, six pounds. Wow. And then my third one, I was already getting really sick. My sister, one of my sisters picked me up and they, she stayed with me. And then my other sister came because I was getting really, really weak. And, um, and then I said, I'm done. And so you did three rounds. I did three out of eight. Oh, and then man. I emailed my surgeon, my first surgeon, and I said, book surgery, because I'm not doing chemo anymore, and I'll be uh, booking a call with my other oncologist and letting him know. And I said, you let me know when we could talk. He said, okay, can we talk tomorrow 11? I said, sure. And he went on and on and told me whatever, whatever. I said, listen. He goes, okay, June 24th, your surgery. It'll be either at Women's College or Mount Sinai. I said, okay, sounds good. And then I emailed my other oncologist, and he's like, okay, we'll book the call. And I just told him, I'm done. There's, there won't be any chemo. I said, and I have surgery scheduled for June 24th. And he's just, you know, they give you the whatever. Actually, he didn't give me a really hard time. My surgeon gave me more. Because you got to understand, they all studied. Yes. So oncology, yes. it's, the, I guess, the cancer, right? They're all cancer doctors. And then they do breast and colon. And so this surgeon is 
strictly he does mastectomies, anything to do with surgeries of the breast yeah. cancer. So they all know, right? And they all work together. I mean, that was my team. And I was just like, he's like, okay. He's like, okay, we're going to do the surgery. And then it's like, I guess my appointment was six weeks after surgery, which that's how long it takes to heal, six to eight weeks yeah. for the mastectomy. And, um, and yeah, and I tell you, I remember one of my girlfriends came by and she's like, Susie is gone. And she, and I had told her I'm not doing chemo anymore. And she's like, oh my God. She's like, your eyes have changed. Your skin color has changed. She's like, you're not even the same person from, and like, we would go for walks, like after the second week that I was feeling better. And absolutely like, it's like you become dark. Yeah. Like, I can't just, I can't describe it. It's something that, like, I told one of my friends, unless, like, everyone's like, oh, oh, I know. I, I, I know. Um, oh, I know what you're going through. My dad passed away from cancer. And I turn around to him and I said, unless you have that poison injected in your veins. You have no idea. Go through surgery after surgery and still don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You have no fucking clue. Yeah. And I sincerely say that with the utmost empathy because i've had family members that passed away from cancer and a fr- and you know a friend and an aunt and now i know that that look in their eyes yeah and that the color of their skin cuz i went yellow um and it's not to say that it's it's just a different experience it's you're grieving for your family you're grieving for your friend and you're in shock, just like my, you know, my friends and family were. But it's completely different. Yeah. You, it's like, you don't know. It's like having a baby. You don't know what labor feels like unless you have one. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just one of those experiences <laughs> that you really, you, 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 like, I don't know. I can describe the feeling, but it's just. Even then you wouldn't be able to get it across because it's so different like and it's like you said like when you hear from it from a friend or a family member you're grieving for them but in this case you're essentially grieving for yourself and like but then part of you has to be strong so then you aren't grieving because like the minute you start grieving then are you just giving up and it's just like a turmoil of such emotion that I don't think anybody can like you unless you actually went through it can you say i i know what you're going through because even then even if they've have gotten it it's still to say what if they don't know what if they didn't have the same experience every experience is going to be different right and it's just really important to like illustrate that and not make it less than because that's another thing is like i understand people want to be positive and be like oh everything's going to be okay but it's not. It's just like when someone passed away and like they, everybody, and that's the first thing everybody says, oh, it's going to be okay. And it's like, but it's not okay. Like no. it's not okay right now. And like, sometimes you need to just have someone not say anything, then try to say those comforting things because you almost want to punch them in the face and be like, yeah. Hey, just like nothing that you say is going to make anything better. I just need yeah. to think about something completely different right now. Yeah, it's like you don't tell a cancer or breast cancer patient, oh, you're going to get a boob job. No, it's not a boob job. <laughs> you're not getting a boob job. You're doing a breast reconstruction. It's yeah. not the same by far. I remember when I talked to my plastic surgeon, I'm like, is this like a boob job? She's like, nowhere near breast augmentation, <laughs> a.k.a. the boob job. You don't tell a cancer patient that, oh, your hair is going to grow back because guess what? Your hair could grow back, but my hair grew back 
dark and curly where I was naturally blonde and straight, where now the blonde and the straight's kicking in. Apparently it's called the chemo curl. And, and it's not that you don't say to someone, it's going to be okay. I think what you need to say to someone that's experiencing any type of medical meltdown, catastrophe, whatever you want to call it is, I'm here. What do you need? Yeah. Rather than saying, oh, it's going to be okay. Well, you don't know that. Yeah. I don't know that. Exactly. Because I really didn't know. Um, and you, it's like one of my girlfriends that works at Mount Sinai for a cancer doctor. She said, you know what, Sue? The ones, the patients that we thought were going to be okay died. Wow. And the ones that we thought were going to die survived. Yeah. So you never know. You don't. You never it know. It turns from... Things can change from one day to the next. And that's honestly the truth. You, you might not be responding to chemo. Your, your tumor's not shrinking. Or guess what? When they do ser- surgery, they realize it's metastasized to somewhere else from your scan to your surgery date. Yeah. So there's just so many unknowns. And it's just like you're under, like one of my doctors had said, he's like, you're under so much physical and emotional stress. Yeah. Yeah. And then put a pandemic and COVID into the mix where you have to do this alone because there's no visitors unless you can't speak the language or you're like in a wheelchair or have a cane. Oh, yeah, 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 unless you need it. Like, someone's assistance to get to your appointment. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not. Wow. Then that must, and that, yeah, that's emotional. So I guess, I don't even know. I'm like, what can you, I'm like, what can you give with this? So after, I guess like after, so you decided no chemo, I'm going in for surgery. How, when you, after, I guess from your doing surgery in comparison to the chemo, are you happy? The fact that you took that and you're like, I'm not doing chemo anymore. How do you think that would have looked for you if you continue doing the chemo? Like I think I would have, I, what did one of my sisters say? You know, when you take a prescription and they, you get that fact sheet yeah, and there could be this, could be this. I was always that type of person where I had to take something. I had a lot of side effects. And then one of my sisters, so I have four sisters and she says, yeah, I think we're all like that. It's like, we don't respond well to meds. Mm -hmm. Like we have side effects and And I just kept on reading. My chemo was so dense because of my grade. It was so strong. And I just felt like I'm, it's like I'm disappearing. I'm losing myself and I don't think I'm going to make it. And then when I read the research on the last four, because I didn't do my full research on the first four, I was just like, no, it's not happening. I'm done. Do I regret doing those three rounds of chemo? No. Okay. I made the choice. Mm -hmm. And The choice was like, I remember speaking to my naturopath and this is a guy that I have known for 11 years. So it's not like I was fortunate enough to have, and he was a cancer survivor himself and he did it hundred percent natural with surgery, colon cancer. And I just put it in my head was, this is the choice I made. I made it out of fear. And I remember telling him because I had sent him an email with everything all the info once i had all my diagnosis and he called me and i said i'm starting chemo and he says okay and i said i don't have a choice and he says susie you always have a choice yeah and i was just like 
okay. But at that point, I was just like, I didn't think I had a choice. Yeah. They moved so quickly, guys. You got, you got to understand. I got diagnosed April 2nd, April 28th. I was doing By the chemo. end of the month, it, yeah. Like, I had appointments. Like, like, I had, like, what? Four scans, genetics, blood work, genetics call. It was, like, steady calling me with... Oh, you have to come in to do this. And then, and then before you do chemo, you have to do your blood work. And then they have to do, I'm like, why are you checking my heart for? Oh, because they have to make sure your heart is healthy because the chemo could damage your heart. Oh my gosh. So and I'm just so like, many things. Yeah. It's just so many, but I will say my tumor shrank from six to three with three chemos. Oh, wow. Because my diagnosis was I tested positive for the human receptor. So you'll often hear women say I'm triple negative, triple positive. So I was human receptor, HR positive, estrogen positive, progesterone negative, which means that my cancer was driven by estrogen, which is another session. on. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't regret doing it um, because I can't regret it. I made a choice and I have to be accountable. For, for my it, yeah. for my decision, um, but it was difficult, and it, it's not. You've got to understand, it's you lose yourself. And I always said, I never said, "Why me?" But you get diagnosed, and at that point, okay, you lose all your hair. You don't look like yourself. Thank God, I had gained some weight. So the weight I was losing, I mean, I ended up going below my weight at some point. But that was okay. So I didn't look like, you know, anorexic skinny or anything. So you lose your hair. Your face gets sucked in. I went completely yellow. Um, My eyes went like, I have hazel brown eyes with green. They went like super dark. Yeah. My even eye color. So your white part was yellow. Oh my gosh. And then it's like you lose your identity with the disease. And that's what people don't understand when you tell someone your hair is going to grow back. It's not about the hair, guys. It's about everything that you have lost now through having breast cancer. Yeah. And it's just like you look in the mirror and the face that's like my phone didn't recognize me. Oh, my God. So I had to change. Yeah, I had because, you know, my phone has the the finger scan and then the screen. screen, It didn't recognize me. Oh, my God. And that's when I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, that would hit you like a ton of bricks. Like, I I think at that moment, like, I like just hearing that. I just want to like ball because like that's that's a hard one. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So I guess all in all, you're happy that you stepped away. Yeah, I don't think that. Okay, so I just got this stat the other day. I read it, and it said 70% of cancer patients don't finish chemo. Yeah. I didn't know that. No one ever told me that. And that's such a good stat to know, because then now you're going to go in and you're going to research, why didn't they finish? Did they stop because they chose to stop, or did they stop because their body just shut down? So, like... What it consists of, you, you choose to stop... Your body just can't take any more of the poison. Yeah. The poison isn't doing its job, so they have to tweak it or do something else, or you're dying. Yeah. And they basically say, like my brother, well, there's nothing more we can do. 
And you never want to get to that point, especially knowing the background that you have, right? Where you know there's so many alternative ways and putting and doing diligence and researching, you essentially saved your life because who knows what would have could what would have could have happened if you continued and you allow like and it just disintegrated you. I don't know. I don't think it would have been good the way I was responding. Now it was working because the tumor shrank. But now the effects on your body, that's a whole other thing. And that's where people don't understand. And I remember my naturopath telling me, oh, you finish your chemo, you finish your radiation. Let's say you finish your, your surgery, whatever it is that your journey or your treatment plan consists of, which normally, like, you know, everyone I hear, it's chemo, uh, surgery, and then radiation if you need. Yeah. Um, but then you have... A couple of years where you need to recover. You need to heal from all of that. Yeah, because yeah. essentially the chemo is killing everything. It's yeah. killing every cell in order to catch the cancer cells. Because, yeah, because they can't target just the cancer cells. No. So they basically kill every, viable yeah. organs, um, tissue. Like, I lost my nails. Oh, my gosh. I've never heard of that. One by one, my toe, my feet. Oh my goodness. I got a blood clot because of chemo. Wow. In my leg, where I ended up in Emerge. Holy. I lost all my body hair except my eyelashes and my eyebrows. They were starting to fall within three treatments. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But you're here now. <laughs> you got to yeah. look at the good thing. You're here now. I mean, this is what it is. There's yeah. just so much that goes. I don't know. I like it is such an ugly disease and I wish they would just find a cure. And I mean, like I told my oncologist, um, I said, you've been doing the same chemo for 50 years. And he's like, oh, no, no, actually 30. (laughs) That doesn't make it better. Better. (laughs) It's true. You're like, no, no, you guys need to switch it up. (laughs) Like it's not working. Like there has to be. And that's where I think the. The natural, you know, the naturopathic doctors, homeopathy, homeopathic, I think that needs to integrate with modern medicine. Yes. And people that do have the money and can't afford, they're going and doing treatments along with the chemo. Yeah. Which, hey, it's a choice. And I, since I got diagnosed, like I was telling you, there were seven other women that were diagnosed with breast cancer within my diagnosis, months of it. Wow. So when I was just saying, COVID is not the pandemic, it's breast cancer. When I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it was one out of eight women. Now it's one out of seven for one year. And one year is such a, like, that, that, that ratio already dropped. That's insane, actually. I didn't know it was one out of seven. And it's no age. It's at any age. It's from, you hear 19 year olds to a 31 year old, to me, a 41 year old, to a 60 year old who's post menopause. Do you know what I mean? Who's it's, it's just cancer has no age and it doesn't discriminate. Well, thank you for sharing. You're very welcome. I really appreciate that. It means a lot. So we will have you back for sure. Sounds good. And yes, enjoy everyone. Have a great one. Thank you for tuning in. You can follow us on Instagram at the tell all for all podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review until next time.